You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. And this episode of the Jeep Talk Show is brought to you by Extreme Terrain, whose goal is to provide you with the most accurate and reliable information for making decisions regarding the purchase of Jeep parts. If you're if you've never seen anything from Extreme Terrain and what they have to offer, maybe it's time you check them out today at extremeterrain.com. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, never driven anything but Jeeps, this show's for you. Josh, Tammy, Wendy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about Jeeps. Jeeps. Yeah, you didn't know. I didn't know if I was gonna pause this time or not. Hey, I'm Josh, and I was told recently that I should buy a lottery ticket. You'll never guess what happened next. <laughs> and howdy, I'm Wendy, and who doesn't love a campfireside chat? I'm Tony, and tonight we, we will be doing a departure from our typical show. You may have caught a recent roundtable episode we did with our Zoom people. Well, we thought it went so well, we decided to do more of them, and tonight is one of them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just so everybody understands, we're going to be uh, bringing the Zoom people in. And, uh, you know, Zoom people, uh, I know how shy you guys are, but uh, we want you to speak up, to jump in. You're, uh, you're part of the show. You are the show tonight. That's good. We're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's get the, uh, for our, our Facebook Live audience, let's get the, the Zoom people over here on the, on the screen so they can see. Uh, I see Tammy, uh, a.k.a. Jeep Mama, is uh, with us. And uh, g- give us a little bit of your uh, uh, Minnesota accent to go with that hat. Uh, yeah, yeah, you betcha, don't you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Her hat looks like that uh, dog from Dumb and Dumber. Where the, the, where, not the dog, the van. You know, the van that was done yeah. by the dog. Listen, Thanks, that Tony. hat is very warm, so I'm glad she's wearing it because she needs it. They got snow in Colorado. We just need to get yeah. Tammy to jump, and it would be just like that van jumping over the, the railroad track. <laughs> All right, well, let's get started. How about uh, this week in Jeep? Yeah, let's do it. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Well, and I had so much fun doing it the last time. I thought what we needed to start off the show was one more for the That's What You Get files. <laughs> you know, I think a wise man once said, stupid is, you stupid does. And I assume by now that the video of this one has gone viral as it shows a very good example of what not to do with a Jeep. Look, Jeeps are many things to many people. For most of us, they are a means of transportation and a source of adventure and fun. To some, they are a weekend warrior, a rock-crawling beast, maybe even a piece of history, or a long-term money-sucking project that will someday be done. Regardless Uh of what Jeeps are, one thing they are not is a good stage to perform a twerking demonstration on in traffic while the vehicle does a burnout through an intersection. And speaking of burnouts, I'm pretty sure there was some intoxication involved in this. It all happened Tuesday night, as Angelinos were out in the street celebrating the Dodgers World Series victory. One woman got up on top of the roof of the Jeep Wrangler she was in to twerk and gyrate to people on the sidewalk. I'm guessing she thought she was somehow magically teleported back in time and space to Mardi Gras in New Orleans. That's where the implied inebriation comes from. Thankfully, the light turned green before somebody got the bright idea to generate a length of beads. Nobody wanted to see that anyways. The Jeep then then brings the revs up, the back tires spin, and the Wrangler speeds up through the intersection. 
Norma loses her balance, which she may not have had in the first place, and in a blatant display of common sense physics, she fly, flies backwards and falls off the jeep. She, of course, hits her he empty head on the pavement and is knocked mm. unconscious. For some reason, a GoFundMe page was set up, which <laughs> we will not be supporting, <laughs> since this was less of a tragic accident and more of a, say it with me now, boys and girls, that's what that's you get. That's what you get. Authorities on Wednesday said 18 people were arrested in what were largely peaceful celebrations by hometown fans who poured into the streets of Los Angeles after the Dodgers clinched their World Series title late on Tuesday. Moral of the story? Well, if you decide that acting like a stripper on top of a Jeep in traffic is somehow a good idea, maybe wait until after the driver has finished peeling out before you make us all want to dig our eyeballs out of their sockets using a rusty spoon with your oh-so-very-unsightful performance. <laughs> See, this is why you need a pole on your Jeep. If you're going to be dancing oh, this, and twerking. This, this is why we need to be an LLC, because I'm sure somebody's going to come after me after this one. <laughs> <laughs> no. So uh, I see her in the uh, the show notes. We have a picture here. We'll share that with you uh, you guys in the uh, website uh, show notes uh, after this uh, episode is published. But I see a, a young lady uh, laid out on her back uh, with the uh, the Jeep brake lights coming on, uh, kind of saying, "Hey, did we lose a passenger?" Right. <laughs> what was that funk? You know what? It was it was a pretty bad video to watch her come down. She hit probably her head and neck. Mm. I would not be surprised if she didn't break something. It was a pretty severe hit, so who That's knows? a shame. I don't know. Very sad. I've taken bigger hits alling stairs when I was skateboarding as a teenager. I mean, it just like I, I've bounced my head off a sidewalk more times than I can count. I'm still here. You know, I've 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 <laughs> taken my sh fair share of knocks and look, I didn't start a GoFundMe page because my feelings were hurt and I now have to, you know, pay for medical bills because I don't have insurance. Uh, come on. This is no, I, this I'm, is Los Angeles. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. It's very expensive. Uh, okay. It's very well, expensive to live in California. So you got to get your money wherever you can. So there whether it's go. twerking for money or twerking for injuries, uh, one way or another, you got to get that cash. So I don't know if any of our Zoom people have seen the gifts that have been created from this. It's hilarious. Um, the video is all around. A lot of people have uh, queued up the video to start right at the point where she gets thrown off the back of the Jeep. Um, it, it's, it's all over the web. Like I said, it's, it's pretty much gone viral at this point. Um, it's all over social media. Of course, freaking GoFundMe page, really? <laughs> so yeah, um, there's all that. I'm, my, my question is to our Zoom people out there, to our listeners who have joined us this evening, uh, have you guys seen this, uh, had a chance to see it yet? And what's your opinion on it? Yeah, well, I haven't Josh, seen that. I was just going to say, I'm like shocked that Josh found something on social media before I have. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it yet, Josh. I'm going to have to go look for it. What? Oddly, it's all oddly over enough. No, I haven't. Oddly enough, I didn't find this on social media, although I, oh. I did find links to it on various uh, Facebook pages. And, and of course, that GoFundMe page is, is backlinked like crazy. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's out there. Uh, you just, you know, type in girl falls off Jeep in traffic, uh, you'll likely end up finding no. it very, very easily. Really, Josh, yeah, I thought the more important question here for the uh, the Zoom people were, have you ever twerked on top of your Jeep? <laughs> with, <laughs> I think without that goes, a pole. 
<laughs> with or without i mean either one that's makes right. the story interesting exactly. so this i just kind of figured <laughs> i just kind of figured that's the direction you'd be going because that's that kind of a direct thing well there there was the that one time with there was that one time that you know travis got off work early and and well some things happened but no that was a you know story for another day no i figured i figured that uh, most people uh would have common sense not to get on a uh, on the back of a moving jeep um while they're trying to do a burnout in an intersection and, and start off. doing dancing World Series winner, Josh. That's the reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, excuses everything. I'm sorry. I just watched it. See? She is out it's cold. We're gonna, she hit hard. We're going to need you to focus oh. on the show, Tammy. Sorry. I've, I'm not shopping. <laughs> no, but Tammy's right. A- I mean, the, the, the girl does hit the pavement army. She does, I mean, from I mean, more or less standing, squatting, kneeling position, fall off the uh, back of the roof of slower. a Jeep Wrangler uh, right onto her head. I mean, so we're talking what about a oh six foot, six God. and a half oh. foot fall? Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, cold. Yeah, that is a night, shame. People. I hope you know, making fun of this and everything, but I hope she's okay. I know well. that's one thing I couldn't follow up to find out if she was okay because they, they, they didn't it. say anything. That's a traumatic brain injury that I would say that I got in the war, and I would get, wouldn't give it any more information than that. That because yeah. lying is better than telling the truth at this point. I well, think it's I, funny like I said, to hear the uh, to hear the responses from the Zoom people when they're starting they're starting to watch it. Now. <laughs> oh, oh wow. that's gonna hurt. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, oh. you file that one under the "That's what you get" files. Yeah. So. Now, Josh, I was really uh, surprised to see in social media about FCA uh, making such a uh, uh, having a great quarter. Uh, you know, given the COVID and everything. You know, that was going to be my question for all of you, in fact, and that brings me right into our next story, with it, which is a little bit dry in the sense that uh, it's about quarterly sales reports, and FCA has released their quarterly sales report and a new name for Jeep's parent company, which is sort of the cherry on top oh, of no. all of this. Yeah, now just yesterday, as well as we record this episode, uh, yesterday would be Wednesday, Fiat Chrysler reported record third quarter earnings as production returned to nearly pre-pandemic levels. The Italian-American automaker, which is finalizing its full merger with French rival PSA Peugeot, reported a net profit in the three months ending in September 30th of approximately $1.4 billion. That's billion with an M. In a statement Wednesday, my man Mike Manley, CEO of FCA, said, quote, our record results were driven by our team's tremendous performance in North America. That's great. But for those who don't speak car talk, let me help you read between the lines. Basically, <laughs> Mike is stating that thanks to only Ram and Jeep, FCA is posting profits. Fiat Chrysler announced earlier Wednesday that its merger with PSA Peugeot is on track to be finalized by the end of the first quarter of 2021 as planned. To meet regulatory concerns, the French car maker is selling a small stake in components maker to get below 40% ownership. Once the ink is dry on this merger, the new automaker will be called, wait for it, Stellantis. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a what? medication that I should be seeing a commercial yeah. for. I, had, I got a penicillin what shot for that, that when I was uh, when I was young. Stellantis. Stellantis yeah, is going to be name. Yeah, so it's going to be Jeep's the, new parent company's Dodge, name. Dodge Chrysler Jeep, it's now Stellantis. <laughs> no, yeah, it'll uh, still be well, I mean, merged with the Peugeot Peugeot and everybody else over there. So that's uh, that's the new name. 
my question is, yep. can Jeep carry this many companies? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, that that was that was really the talks wow, earlier weird. on when this merger was first announced. Is was this going to be a um, a, a sort of a breaking point for the the American side of this, and and could uh, Ram and Jeep sort of disassociate themselves with from the rest and become their own entity? Well, I mean, a lot of us would like to say yes, they they likely could. Now, because of the global brand that Jeep has become, because of who FCA was when they bought the Jeep brand, uh, I, I highly doubt that they could sort of pick up where that left off and continue on as a global brand being a solely North American company. I just don't see it ha- happening. Um, that being said, uh, bringing the whole, bringing the French automaker uh, market into this uh, be, to make them the fourth largest automaker in the world. Now, obviously, they're not going to be; they're competing against the big three as we know them. Um, and so, really, the the talks about you know could for or could um, Ram and Jeep make it on their own? Um, would this merger force them out? Would this merger even happen? Well, it is happening, um, and it's going to be uh, pretty much a done deal by well, uh, first few months of next year. Halloween. So, yeah, this is, uh, and for those who are, you know, are interested, Stellantis uh, means to brighten with stars from the oh. Latin verb stello. Uh, Stan- Stellantis nice? will be, yeah, the fourth largest uh, vehicle producer in the world after this is done. So, yeah, I'm not, I mean, Jeep is still going to be Jeep. Uh, Dodge will still be Dodge. A Ram will still be Ram. They will be owned by Stellantis, just like they are owned right now by Fiat Chrysler Automobiles. I don't know. Um, they keep putting uh, ingredients in the pot and stirring it up. Something's going to get diluted. Something's not going to not going to taste right. Uh, I, I fear uh, sooner than later. I don't think that we're going to see a whole lot of this right off the bat. As far as is this going to affect you know the Jeep brand as we know it here in the states? Honestly, I don't think it it is at least for a first the first couple few years. Uh, where we're going to start seeing things happen is likely going to be around the 2022-2023 mark, possibly 20, as late as 2024, when Jeep starts making a big run to electrify their entire lineup. Uh, and a lot of that is going to be coming from the technology that they're gaining from Peugeot and the other uh, automakers in the PSA Auto Group through this merger. Uh, that is really, I think, the basis behind all of this is electrification. Uh, FCA just didn't have the electrification chops. They certainly don't have the manufacturing capabilities in the electrified market. Uh, PSA and Peugeot does. Uh, and so with this merger, they're now able to sort of bring in that level of manufacturing to compete with other, you know, other global manufacturers. I don't know about you guys, but uh, the electrification of a vehicle sounds like a great idea to me. Uh, at least in our neighborhood, we we got these kids going around late at night checking all these door handles to see if they if they can get in to <laughs> to, <laughs> to steal stuff with to steal stuff out of the car. And if I could just watch some, one of those little bastards uh, on on video get the shit shocked out of them when they tried to open up the car that, door, that would be, be great. Awesome. <laughs> You do it. That's <laughs> like those, uh, somebody did that to their political signs. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yes, I've yes. seen that. Oh, that's right. Uh-huh. Those are good videos. <laughs> I think they're setups, to be honest with you, but they're, they're still funny. <laughs> I don't know, Josh. It, it worries me. It worried me whenever uh, FCA came in, you know, and got, got this stuff from Chrysler. Uh, hell, it worried me when Chrysler came in. 
<laughs> so well, you know, I'm it, it bring it raises the question: Will there now be a French design element incorporated into what has been an Italian design element with this latest generation oh of Jeeps? God. Uh, we saw it in 2014 with the new Jeep Cherokee. Um, I think that we're going to see it again in 2024 with the newest lineup after uh, maybe even 2025 lineup. I honestly think that we're going to start to see some of these French lines um, start making it into the designs of American Jeeps. So uh, they're going to make them smaller? <laughs> likely. <laughs> I mean, look at what we saw with the Renegade. I mean, and you know, this is the world's smallest. Said on the Zoom. Yeah, and, the, yeah. and that new car smell is going to be uh, old, antiquated uh, cigarette butt smoke. Oh, man. <laughs> Wine and cheese, yes. <laughs> Now, I, I kind of like the look of the Stellantis logo. Uh, it's a little bit uh, minimalistic. Um, it's slightly futuristic. I, I don't know. It, it seems like it would be um, very much at home on the side of a spaceship or something like that. Uh, um, exactly I don't know. It, it does have that kind of futuristic look to it. I, I yeah, encourage it sure you guys does. to look it up. You know, look up Stellantis, S-T-E-L-L-A-N-T-I-S, just like it sounds. Spell it out phonetically. You'll, you'll get there. Uh, and in fact, you're, you're, you should start to see even some very early marketing, um, marketing stuff. You'll see uh, Stellantis and, and Dodge vehicles uh, combined together uh, to create a, a, a very much a new image for what you would think with American muscle car. So, yeah, th- I really don't know what this means, what this is going to mean for us as Jeep enthusiasts here in the States. Um, it, it, we kind of know what this is going to mean for the, the brand as a whole, as far as what the lineup is going to look like here in the years moving forward. But uh, but yeah, as far as electrification goes, what do you what do you guys think out there in the Zoom room? Are you are you excited for electrified Jeeps? I mean, is that is that something that that interests anybody out there? I'll just say for myself, not really, because they're they're just now starting to get better capabilities with electronics on it now, and all the issues that comes with that more or less switching everything over to a battery that you can't charge anywhere. Well, I mean, we uh, announced what is it about a month ago that uh, FCA is going to be starting. To I mean, put right now, start, no, the next stations five, out in ten years, in no. You know, twenty years from now, I might be impressed with an electric Jeep, but the next five, ten years, I don't think we're going to be there. You know, give me my engine, give me my gas, I'm happy. You're here. <laughs> I've got stop start issues on a on a JL. I can't imagine putting an electric motor on it. Yeah, that's you know that's that's an interesting thing, and they were catching fire because of that, that extra battery uh, once before. I mean, they couldn't even uh, pr- properly mount uh, cables under a seat uh, without the thing catching fire. I don't know. Maybe that's the magic Peugeot will bring to the to the mix. Well, I don't know about all that. I mean, right now, we, will we have a, a twenty-five or thirty-mile range, thirty-five mile range with an electric Wrangler? Um, you know, so so far, electrification in the Jeep world really isn't all that impressive. Mm. So it's, I, I think I'm with Travis. It might take a good three, four, five years before their technology kind of comes up to par with the rest of, of you know, what we consider electrified vehicles. Did you, uh, I just read, uh, just a, this, this skimmed it, the, the new uh, electric Hummer. Yeah. I think we actually mentioned that on the show a while back, uh, but uh, they've actually come out with it, with, and it has a 350-mile range. Allegedly. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if you got a golf cart towing you. Uh, but that was the thing that was really important, that it was really surprising to me, that somebody's coming out with a truck, an electric truck. I didn't see hybrid, uh, but electric truck with a 350-mile range. That's, uh, I don't know where you find uh, uh, you know, that 350 miles down the hill unless you're in orbit. 
So yeah. I, I don't know how they're getting that. But that yeah, would be all that would with be amazing. Big, especially with such a big and heavy vehicle yeah. as well. I, I, I'm really calling BS on a lot of that. Uh, and, and from what I understand, that 350-mile that range is only available in the six-figure model that isn't available yet. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that, that's what I've read. I was, I was um, hopeful. Now, they're, they're claiming, you know, numbers greater than the Jeep Wrangler. It's going to be more, uh, you know, more capable off-road. I, I don't no. think so. I, I really don't think so. I don't think they're going to have the four-wheel drive system to back it up. And I honestly don't think that they're going to have the suspension technology uh, to, to make it work either. Now, allegedly, they also are claiming that the six-figure version of this new electrified Hummer will be able to push a button and lift the vehicle up six and a half inches. Again, I call BS. Uh, and, and what kind of performance will that actually give you? Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm suspecting that, that th- at that point, the suspension is going to be so far beyond its normal range of operation uh, that, that you're really not going to see much performance out of it. You're just going to have ground clearance and really nothing more. Great There's not going to be a whole lot of articulation behind right. that. Uh, and, and again, with, with, without the technology and the suspension, uh, without the technology and the four-wheel drivetrain, uh, tr- uh, drive I just I don't see them being as capable of a vehicle as the Jeep. Not to mention, you've got a vehicle that weighs like twice as much. So... I mean, I, I just don't know. I, I, I don't see they, it being they, a, a... They need to work on the whole charging infrastructure because how many times you've been out in the middle of nowhere and you're trying to find a gas station and you're stuck in fumes. Hmm. They're going to go back to the electric lines overhead like in the trolley days of San Francisco. <laughs> all across America. That way all these electric vehicles will run better. They'd be, uh, they'd be complaining about killing the squirrels like the, uh, the, big, <sighs> the big windmills kill, kill all the birds. So. Yep. It'd be like a world of bumper cars. Just yeah, be, you exactly. Know, big long antenna. And there'd be that on one kid over in the corner that couldn't get the bumper car. This just kept spinning. <laughs> come on, and come on, move! <laughs> it's Don't almost over. Don't wire. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that'll do it for news at the top of the show, anyways. And as always, we ask you if you have a news tip or response to any one of our stories, we'd like for you to let us know. You can do it by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com/slash/contact and find out how to reach out to us. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. You know, we're always asking to go check out the 4x4 Radio Network, too. And if you're a new listener to the show, well, go check it out. There's a ton of other off-road audio there, all at your fingertips, and it's all free. You know, we've got the On the Trail podcast. we got Trail Chasers over there. Center Steer podcast as well. Dan and the 4x4 podcast, they're putting out a ton of great content. It's all over at 4x4radionetwork.com. We're over there, too. Go check it out and be sure to tell a friend. <laughs> I just noticed a comment in the uh, Facebook Live. Uh, Dustin says, listening to the show early, I feel like I'm cheating on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> kind of uh, kind of sexy that way, too. I can dig it. I can yeah. dig it. <laughs> Next thing you'll have to do, Dustin, is uh, listen to the podcast in, uh, in public. <laughs> hey, guys. This is Emil in Tucson, Arizona my first time ever calling in um you guys are great um i'm gonna make sure to leave you a review um appreciate the show i'm learning a lot uh fairly new cheaper in my jl for about two years now and we have taken it just about everywhere that we can reach from arizona and uh having an amazing time anyway you guys are fantastic thanks a bunch 
Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've been listening to you guys for free for, I don't know, years now, and I figured I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out, and, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on, because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little bit? Now I want to know from our, our Zoom people, uh, how many of our Zoom people are paid subscribers? I'm sorry. <laughs> you're going to put him on the spot. Uh, and, uh, I'm a paid we volunteer. Were... <laughs> <laughs> I think we were told to wait until a certain package were coming out, then we would sign up. Oh, oh now looky that's there. Right. Oh, yeah. That's right. There's Somebody's been listening. Attention. This is an excellent segue because that's one of the things I was going to mention. We are going to uh, give you guys the... I don't the, want to hear anything about Tony's package. The ability... <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, you would have to share it because it's that big. So... I think I'm going to need a drink after that one. We're, that's what she said. So uh, the, the thing we're going to do is uh, in just a, a few minutes, uh, probably after the show... John, you will have the outside. ability. Yeah, you will have the ability to uh, sign up as a paid subscriber, and you will be able to get a. Can I say Jeep Honor Badge? Because it's not really a Jeep Honor Badge, but it's in the no, shape of a Jeep Honor Badge. <laughs> uh, I know the Zoom people have seen it. I've shared it on uh, Instagram. If you follow Jeep Talk Show on Instagram, but it's a a little uh, a paid subscriber. Uh, where's the camera? Uh, only got one. Why, why is it hard to find? Uh, <laughs> this, this. Uh, That's what she said. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I got to mute Wendy while I'm talking. No. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to be able to get this uh, honor badge. It's uh, it's made up just like the Jeep honor badge. and uh, But it basically says paid subscriber. No longer a rat bastard. So once you become a subscriber, if you want one of those things, you can have it and you can stick it wherever you like. Hopefully it'd be on your Jeep, but, uh, you know, it's, it'll be your on a badge and you can put it wherever you like. I mean, if you got a Bane mask or something, you could uh, put it on the forehead, I suppose. You could call it a Jeep honor badge because the other ones are Jeep badges of honor. Okay. Yeah. Wordplay there. Good and, job, Tim. And, and honestly, yeah. this is the only honor badge that I would recommend you put on your Jeep because I think those other ones mm. are crap. <laughs> Oh, hush. Hey, wait a minute now. You haven't tried to get them, so don't be going there. Those fighting words. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put right. it on my Jeep, honestly. I wouldn't try to get them either. I think I've made that clear in the past. But anyway, uh, it's great for those folks that uh, like doing that sort of thing. So don't be a rat you, bastard. Be a paid Jeep Talk Show subscriber. You just gotta put your decals, you got to put your decals under your hood so no, you, know, you only see them when your hood's up. <laughs> I actually I wheel with a guy who does that. Really? Uh, he's got he, yeah he's he's got a TJ uh, black TJ uh, and uh, he keeps the underside of his hood clean, which is really rare in the Jeep. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, but he does that because every time he lifts up his hood to uh, air up or let the Jeep cool down or you know whatever it is, uh, you get to see all of his sticker collection. You know all the stuff that he's you know putting in his Jeep. I'm I'm more of a fan. Of that, because I'm not I'm not a sticker fan on the outside uh, of the Jeep. I like a more of a clean look on the outside of a vehicle, 
and, uh, and, and, and plastering the windows, especially uh, in a vehicle that, you know, that window becomes a blind spot now. And, and, you know, I like to see where the Jeep is in relation to the edge of the trail and in all four corners and, and that sort of stuff. And if you've got a window that's completely wallpapered with stickers, it makes it kind of hard to see what's through that window on the other side. Uh, and I know that's what mirrors are for, and that's what you can stick your head out the window for, and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, I, I drive by my mirrors, and I wheel like that way, too, a lot of the time. Uh, and so it just, and again, comes down to personal preference. I like a clean outside of the vehicle. When I first saw that, uh, it was like, hey, that's a great idea. Yeah, you can stick your, your you know, stickers on the inside. Uh, and, and on the underside of the hood, great place for it. Willie Wagon, um, he does that, too. Jerry, he, I wheeled with him at Uari and Roche Creek, and he's a listener of the show. I he wonder drives, who started that. You know, there's got to be somebody the out Jeep there. Trucks. I bet you it's a racing thing. I get the feeling it's a uh, maybe. You yeah. know, something from the '50s or the '60s. Did they have stickers back the then? Hood. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's, it's like well, you know, actually, back I, then, I it's, a, it's all about the sponsorship. Stickers from a guy or from a uh, one of the buys that I did, and there, I put one on the window, and I had an extra one. So what the heck am I going to do with this? I don't want two stickers on one Jeep. And just so happened, I was standing in front of the Jeep, and the hood was up, and I thought, huh, I'm going to stick it right here, and then that's what I started doing with everything else. Well, the rest is history. Good much idea. Like the, much like the money in my pocketbook. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings me to a good point, though. It's And, you know, it's, well, we've always o- oftentimes asked this kind of a question, if money wasn't an issue, what would you do to your Jeep, that type of thing? Well, I got a specific question for you, kind of in that same light. If money wasn't an issue, which axle would you put a locker in first? I know a lot of people, uh, they oftentimes opt for the front because it's, it's an easier install, a lunchbox style. Generally, they're, uh, they're a little bit cheaper, um, that sort of stuff. And uh, it, the ver- vice versa is also true. Um, you know, dropping one in the back of the Dana 35 because it's easy. You don't have to do a whole lot of disassembly. And, and, uh, and hey, a Dana 35 locker is pretty cheap, right? Uh, well, you know, maybe not in the long run uh, because of what that might end up meaning. Uh, for that Dana 35. But the question is, which axle would you put a locker in first if money was not an issue? I'd like to go to the Zoom people first, uh, and whoever uh like to chime in first, go for it. Don't everyone talk And we one? all jump yeah. at it. Well, <laughs> well, everybody's if, waiting for everybody Larry, else. So I'd say if money was an issue, I'd change the whole front axle and get rid of 30 and put the locker in it. Now, why would you go with the front axle for locking up the front the, the front axle? I mean, obviously, it sounds like you've got a little bit against the Dana 30. I don't blame you. It's not the strongest axle in the world. Uh, but, you know, if you were to be keeping the axles that are underneath your Jeep, let's see, you know, look at this from a uh, more, more or less of a fresh Jeeper um, uh, standpoint. Uh, and, and you just you, you had $1,000 burning a hole in your pocket and you're like, I'm going to lock up this Jeep. Which axle is it going to be? I think there's a lot of advantages to doing the front, especially if you're trying in our area. There's a lot of mud and, and everything you're trying to get through. So being able to work the wheels back and forth with the locks and, and trying to get through the mud, I think there's a lot of advantage to that. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that. I mean, you look at you know front wheel drive cars, you know, and they they are historically a lot more capable in in uh, uh, low traction conditions than a rear wheel rear wheel drive car is, uh, and so it makes sense in that in that regard. To where you know you could pull yourself through uh, a lot of things, and a lot of people are saying, "Well, you know, be the opposite. You can push yourself up and over an obstacle a lot easier than you can pull yourself through it." Uh, and so, you know, uh, Travis, where do you stand on this? I went front. You know, it, and it was again, it money was an issue, um, but going front 
again, it's it's what I always heard. It's what people told me. It's what would I've done it again. I don't know. I, I've not had issues. I, I mean, I, I'm driving an old YJ. My articulation is not what the guys in your JKs, your TJs, everything else without the leaf springs. Um, I went front and I've been happy. I still have issues. I still have problems. You know, I want to go rear. I want to, I want to change out a lot, but you know, it's, it's, you get a lot of feedback from friends, from buddies you ride with. I mean, we all become a Jeep family. You get feedback from everyone, whether positive or negative, you know, it's like to each their own. This is my Jeep. What I'm going to do. I talk to shops, you know, 24 seven, you know, everything I've done to my Jeep and rebuilding, I've gotten feedback from, you know, a guy that this is what he does for a living. Um, he suggested the front first and that's what I went with at some point. I will lock my rear, but I've yet to do it. Um, you know, it is, you, you do have the articulation in moving the tires left and right to get that better grip. If you're hopping or if you're, you know, the different situations I'm in, the mud, you know, it, it's, I'm more mud. I, I tempt rocks. I tempt different things. And I'm like, I've got to go around these because I don't have the articulation to, to truly flex up and over. Um, and I'm looking at different avenues now to improve that on my Jeep. Um, you know, but it's, it's, I, I went front, front first. You know, I, I'm hearing a lot of, you know, you can work those wheels back and forth and, and you can start, you know, getting with both of them spinning at the same time. Uh, you've got a, you know, better chance of, of gaining some traction. Uh, to me that, that, that's a, you know, you've, you've lost your line at that point. You've lost your traction already. Correct. Uh, and you're at, you're at a point of wheel spin. Um, uh, and, and, and honestly, a, 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 a traction device, a locker, may not help you as much as you would hope in that kind of a situation. Um, you know, meaning that uh, a complete loss of traction, both wheels are spinning, and you're at a point where you're trying to work that steering wheel back and forth and move the, the outside lugs of the wheel around in a radius in the hopes that they can grab and get a hold of something to get a little bit of traction and pull the Jeep up and over whatever it is that you're trying to trying to get over. I mean, it's, it's, it's science. It's, it's physics. There's, there's, it's really just, there's no gray area behind it. It is what it is. Um, you know, but I, I still am a strong proponent for a rear locked, uh, you know, locking up the rear first. And here's why, even though I didn't do this on my own Jeep, here's why, if I were to do it all over again, why I would lock up the rear before the front steering. If you have both wheels spinning at the same time and you're in a, in a situation where you don't have a lot of traction or if you do have a lot of traction, chances are you're going to be pushing through that st- that, that corner. Um, we all have that, have heard those situations where, you know, the Jeeper, he's got to take a five-point turn because his locker won't disengage and the front end won't turn. Uh, and, and really, you're in that situation if you have a fully locked front end. Uh, and obviously, depending on what kind of a locker you do put in the front of the, uh, front of the Jeep, if it's selectable locker, this isn't as much of an issue. Uh, but if it's some kind of a, uh, of a spool or a lunchbox style locker, uh, limited slip differential, that sort of thing, uh, it's going to come into a point where you may end up having some steering issues. Josh, you know, I, my Jeep, I of course have the button to push my lockers and I can only do my rears only or my front and rear together, but I can't do my front. I was going to mention that because Jeep yeah. seems to think that that's the direction you should go is uh, rear then uh, then front. Right. So I would I think, know 
what the difference would be. I wouldn't know what an advantage to having just the front, how that would feel. It is very interesting, and, it, and it's certainly a, a different kind of wheeling to get used to because, again, you don't have the dexterity in your steering that you would otherwise have with that front end locked up. Uh, and so when you're trying to navigate through a tight trail around trees and stuff like that, the locker can actually become an, a, a hindrance uh, mm -hmm. because it's going to sacrifice some of your turning radius uh, in that regard. But, uh, you know, that again, not every single Jeep, not every single trail and every single uh, situation is going to operate like that. And again, it really depends on uh, the, the vehicle setup and the terrain and everything else. So a uh, lot of lot of things to consider there. But, you know, I'm just kind of trying to go around the campfire a little bit, see where people sit on the, on this issue. Because this is one of those topics that seem to go um, to get a lot of traction, as it were, pun intended. Cool. Uh, it, seems, it seems to go around the, the forums a lot. It seems to get tossed around the campfire a lot. It seems to be a question that a lot of Jeepers um, have, a lot of new Jeepers have very early on in Jeep ownership uh, because they understand, it's like, okay, well, my Jeep doesn't have a locker. I can see now that I've been out wheeling a few times what having a traction device in my differential means for the capability of the vehicle. I want that. How do I get it? And where do I put it? And how much does it cost? And all those questions that come with that sort of, a, a, you know, an epiphany, if you will. Tony, what was the first axle you locked up? Well, it's the only one, uh, which is the rear. I've got a locker for the front, but uh, haven't done it yet. <clears throat> so uh, to me, uh, and, and I've, I've mentioned this before, and I'm going to maintain this. Uh, if you're going to be drag racing your Jeep, you don't want to lock up the front first. You want to lock up the, the rear. <laughs> So I just think it, uh, I, I don't know, that's the that's the heavy axle, that's the one that uh, uh, gets the most uh, torque and work done to it, uh, and uh, I think that's the one that you need uh, the locker on the most. And uh, like you say, there's steering considerations when you start locking up the front. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm all for locking the whole thing up. I mean, uh, whenever I found out that uh, my four-wheel drive was a either a, a one-wheel or a two-wheel drive, one in the front, yeah. one in the back. I was like, what the hell is this? You mean I got to spend more money to, to <laughs> make this thing do what it says on the side? It says 4X4? Well, no, it's a 1 or 2 4X. So anyway, yeah. I And, and, and to the Tammy's thing about the button, the way Jeep has decided that you can't lock the front, which I'm a little surprised about. I think that must have something to do with uh, the level of... Um, I guess the level of knowledge of the driver, because you can just buy the Jeep ready built. And if mm -hmm. they gave you the ability to press a button and just lock up the front, well, that could cause problems, especially in the snow, couldn't it? Well, that, that exactly. Uh, that's, that's one of those things. Driving around in the snow, if you were to be only locked in the rear, I mean, only locked in the front, uh, you, you may have some issues. I mean, right. when I'm out driving my Jeep in the snow, um, locked up only in the front uh, with a... Uh, uh, Spartan Locker. There are times where I have to be very careful how I'm I'm applying power, uh, wh where in my corner I'm, I'm applying power. So I'm coming up to a corner, it's snowy, I know that I've got to give myself some stopping room, there could be ice, I let off the gas, um, and if I try to ap apply some brake and, and discover that I'm going to be sliding or something, I may just give a little bit of maintenance throttle and continue around the corner, or give it a little bit of a bump, give myself some speed, and just coast around the corner because right. I know if I'm trying to accelerate around that corner, I'm likely going to push through it because I've got both I've got power applied to both vehicle, uh, both wheels, and I and I lose that that differential steering uh, with the inside tire spinning uh, slower than the outside tire. 
So, uh, so you know, th- that's that's where that comes from. So there could be be some liability concerns for Jeep if they were uh, to give you the ability to just 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 to lock the front. And I'm sure I think we've talked about this before. Rubicon owners can uh, rewire that, can't they, so that they can have the control of of uh, locking whichever they want. I personally love the idea of being able to have the maximum amount of control over my vehicle. I mean, I want. Uh, to like uh, using the Atlas, I can uh, engage just the front uh, axle or just the rear axle or both axles. And uh, with the <clears throat> the way I'm going to have the locker set up, I'll be able to engage front and not rear and rear and not front. I mean, I like that ability to be able to do all that. It does require a different level of knowledge and experience, though. Yeah, and uh, there are write-ups in... in uh hacks if you will yeah, mods hacks, that you can, you can do yeah to uh to uh, alter the wiring of your jeep to uh to basically lie to the pcm or or to the computer to tell the jeep when you want the lockers to engage in which one uh there there's ways to get around the speed uh variance where you can uh, you know engage or disengage your lockers um at a speed you know greater than 18 miles per hour or whatever it is um there's uh there's ones where you can uh, engage the lockers when it's not in four-wheel drive uh, that that's what there's uh, there are write-ups out there to get what you want now I'm, I haven't necessarily seen one um, about uh, making it so you can only lock up the front uh, but I'm sure that it's out there you just got to search for it well there are advantages of doing that off-road aren't there I mean I, I know there's advantages to uh, just engaging the front uh, the front axle with the atlas to pull yourself around like a tree or an obstacle if you have a right they call a that like a front dig yeah, yeah front like dig, front exactly. dig exactly where you basically are just dragging the rear around um, and, the, and the front is be, is basically pulling everything up uh, and, and yeah I mean there are situations where where that can uh, that can help uh, is rock crawling comes to, comes to mind first and foremost um, you know but again if you if you wheel uh, in the snow you wheel in the sand uh, having a and I mean, sand wheeling is a huge industry really uh, and, and if you look at like uh, you know sand buggies Baja buggies uh, you know sand rails you know those kind of things these are two-wheel drive vehicles with a locked up rear axle and a free-floating front end uh, and, and they do extremely well in the sand now granted they have big paddle tires and uh, and a fairly uh, decent power to weight ratio with you know a, a tube frame chassis and not much else yeah and so there, there's that that comes into play as well but Again, if you are, you know, find yourself in a snowy, uh, you're in a snowy part of the nation, uh, or you find that you you wheel primarily in the sand. Well, having a rear locker might be the, uh, the the best bet for you. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And with Halloween right around a corner, I'm not sure how trick or treating is going to go in your neck of the woods or not, but uh. Just be mindful of all the little goblins and ghouls out running around begging for fun-sized candy. Which, uh, there's nothing fun about small candy. I just don't get it. <laughs> and, Wendy, last week you said that us people with red Jeeps lucked out. We can't have red, bloody red handprints on our Jeeps. I hate to yes. disagree with you, but yes, we can. All we oh, have to no. do is just tape off several areas on our Jeep with handprint-sized tape. And then paint our Jeep white, and then pull the tape off, and then we'll have red handprints. Perfect. Then our Jeeps will be uh, white and more susceptible to trail damage. But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling today because last week I made a few jokes about Oklahoma, and I got a little bit of blowback 
from well, the uh, people of Arkansas <laughs> no. complained that oh. I drove through their state. I didn't make any comments about Arkansas, which I got to say, I just I kind of drove straight through Arkansas. Uh, I stopped for lunch and uh, I stopped you several times. I kind of urinated all all down your highway. Uh, oh. I apologize for that. But I didn't spend a lot of time in Arkansas, but I, I did notice a few things and I'll, I'll, I'll share. First of all, I noticed there is a lot of adult bookstores in Arkansas. It's like one every 40 miles, which I thought was odd. And then I remembered it is the home state of Bill Clinton. So that kind of oh, uh, explains it. it. Arkansas is a Chippewa Indian word. It means no cell service. And I wrote a song about what I saw in Arkansas. And it goes oh like this. Oh, no. Orange barrels, orange barrels. <laughs> Everywhere is orange barrels, orange barrels, orange barrels. When will there be an end to these orange barrels? <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll chat at you later. You have a good one. Bye. Sounds like uh, Highway 45 out here in the Houston area. They're always doing construction on it, and there's always a... a the orange barrel industry, it, I should have bought stock in orange barrels. Yeah, this, right. <laughs> just, just amazing. There's so many of them. No, they, they made 10 million of them and they've never made another one since. <laughs> they just keep reusing the same ones over and over again. Just bang it out. It'll be all right. <laughs> they just move them from state to state. Wash them bloody handprints off that one. It'll be all right. <laughs> you know, I'm glad uh, Nikki Jeep brought up Halloween because I, I saw this and, and thought this is kind of cool. Last weekend, the Tri-State Jeep Junkies held a COVID-safe Halloween Jeep event. Now, how cool is this? Uh, ordinarily, they, they hold an, an annual event uh, where they, you know, uh, do the, the trunk or treat. You know, all the Jeeps line up. You know, everyone's in a parking space and they got everything all decorated and stuff. Wendy talked about this a little bit last week, I think. And... Uh, uh, you know, everything, every Jeep is all decorated and, and, you know, the kids and people walk by and, and get to see each Jeep and get to see the people, you know, dressed up and that sort of stuff. And they trick or treat instead of at, at people's houses, at people's Jeeps. Uh, and I thought that was a really cool idea. And obviously it, it, it definitely exemplifies creativity and, and, and that sort of stuff. And, and, uh, and I'm all for that sort of stuff. Well, these guys, uh, this time around, uh, they couldn't do that because of the whole COVID thing. So they decided to hold, uh, do something a little bit different. They held a costume contest in the parking lot of the Mark Twain Brewery. They had food, they had music, they had candy to go around to everybody in attendance, and they all did it with COVID safe restrictions. Now, if you are or were seriously scared of COVID, maybe you had somebody in your household that was a high-risk individual or had a compromised immune system, would you then still consider attending an event like this? That's the question that I'm going to pose to uh, my listener, uh, to uh, my co-host, as well as the listeners tonight. Uh, would you, if you had somebody in your household or you yourself were at high risk, would you attend an event like this? What uh, what temperature would it be? Would it be uh, a nice, uh, <laughs> cool temperature, or like, uh, or would the AC be required? Because if I gotta if I gotta go out there and sweat, nah, I'm he's gotta going. be outside. <laughs> snow, Tony. There's snow. Oh, I'd definitely be out there with oh, snow. Oh, yeah, that would bring uh -huh. him out. <laughs> <laughs> I what about you, Wendy? Um, first off, I'm I'm not scared of COVID, so I would attend. But if I had somebody in the house that was, um, I'd probably make sure that I suited up or you know kept myself, I don't know, virus free, whatever you want to do, and probably still attend, but just be cautious, whatever the rules were going to be. What about Greg? Greg, would you uh, would you like to attend an event like this if you knew we were in the middle of a pandemic and had uh, concerns about it? 
Yeah, I'd go. I think uh, you know you just got to be smart about it and uh, keep your distance and enjoy the festivities as uh, safely as possible. That's what I'm talking about. You know, there's only so much. Uh, uh, sequestering that we can that we jeepers can handle, I and mean, we're meant to go outdoors. We 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 love the outside, and there's only so much inside that we can take. The jeep starts calling to us, and and well, if nothing else, we got to go to a parking lot and hang out with other jeepers. And that's <laughs> plus that's it's outside, so there's yeah. less issues. Seriously, exactly. come on, people. Exactly, Larry. Where do you stand on this? Would you would you attend an event like this, uh, regardless of the COVID stuff? Oh, absolutely. I mean, at some point, you got to get back into life and get out there because you can hide inside all you can, but it's going to be COVID now. It'll be the flu some other time. So, you know, this uh, cowering inside thing, I just I really don't think of it. Here, here. Yeah, I'll drink to that. Uh, what about Travis? Uh, would you uh, would you go out to a you know a Halloween uh, Jeep event like this if if you knew that everybody was going to be uh, you know doing the social distancing and the COVID safe stuff? The guy that's in a costume currently. <laughs> in a costume currently. That's right. The thing that's is, right. with that, I am high risk. I, you know, I'm type one diabetic. I've been since I was nine years of age, and I still work every day. You know, I'm proactive in my health. I'm proactive in everything going on, but yet I'm still going to work. I'm still going to make my living. I'm still going to do my job. You know, it's, 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 it's bigger. It's not bigger. It's the people are making it bigger. The news is doing that. And I'm, I'm sorry if people are offended by that, but I'm like, it's not as bad. Be proactive. Wash your hands, yeah. you know, stand far away from people. Wear a mask if you need to. You know, I've got a mask on now. Guess what? Hey, I'd be buddied up next to the person right next to me. I enjoy these events. I've got 50 of them going around you know, in my area with all the Jeep clubs and groups I'm a part of. And unfortunately, I'm working Halloween, so I won't be attending any. But, you know, we've got a big, huge event the day after, Sunday, in Lexington, North Carolina. You know, and, and it's it's sponsored by a lot of local, or not local, I mean, Bad Fours, you know, oh, wow. Carolina yeah. Metal Masters. Just so many groups are still involved in helping and doing because people, I mean, don't be scared. Get out. Live life. Do be responsible, but you know, just get outside. You know, you're now, Travis. Let, life. Travis, Travis, let me ask Go you ahead. something. You, you, you've uh, you've been a fan of the show for a while. We've known and have interacted with you for years. You have been historically a an event coordinator. I, I remember right. promoting yes. several Board events that billies. you yourself had 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 right had uh, had organized at a previous place pay, place of employment, Boardwalk Billy's, where you you uh, had some regular events. Now, uh, being an event co- a coordinator, event planner yourself, uh, and with this whole pandemic thing, I-, I know you're working Halloween. Let's go hypothetically. Um, you know, would would you, you know, sort of do things much differently from you know a year or two ago um, versus you know this year as far as event planning goes? It comes down to state and state, looking at your regulations. I mean, everything I did was based on. You know, I'm pulling permits for alcohol outside. I'm pulling permits for food carried off site. I'm pulling permits for everything in-house. You look at your state. You look at your laws. You follow those. You know, you follow the guidelines that your state set up, and you can do anything you want. You know, if outside is what needs to be done, you're outside. If, If you can do it in your state inside, you can do it inside. You know, it's just, it's, 
there there are laws set up, there are guidelines set up, and you can find those. Anyone can find those and set up things appropriately to your state and to make events happen. Based around the Jeep community, it's it's not that difficult. Um, you know, I, I this year have not run a single event. Have not done one thing this year due wow. to COVID, due to job changes, due to everything. Yeah. Now, granted, have I been heartbreaking to me? Yes. Yeah. Because I yeah. like raising money for children in need. I like helping families that are hurting and suffering. I like everything I did. I mean, it drove me unbelievably to do for others. And you know, I'm still part of the Jeep community, even though I'm not doing those events. I'm not out on the trails as much as I'd like to be. I'm a part of this show. And this show, every Thursday, I'm here because it keeps me involved. It keeps me proactive in something that I'm truly passionate about. You know, it's... Well, it's and that, and that's what it's all about, right? So, yeah. I mean, that's what it's all it about, is. right, Travis? is, is involved. being involved and yeah. being and, and interacting with something that you're passionate about, something that you, that you like. And, and, and just because there's, there, you know, this thing going on uh, doesn't mean that we have to forego our passion. We have to forego the things that we love and that we're interested in. Now, obviously, there's, you know, there's a caveat with that. There's a little asterisk next to everything now that's got to be, okay, well, you got to do it with a mask on now, or you got to do it six feet apart or whatever it is. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad, Travis, because you, you, you were talking about, you know, the, the information is out there and all you got to do is look for it. And you can make things happen. And it Fair. seems, at least like over the last month or so, six weeks or so, that Jeepers are finally starting to sort of come out of the woodwork now, get some events planned. Things are coming together. I'm starting to see some dates and uh, events popping up. And I even heard a SEMA, you know, a little thing about SEMA coming up uh, here not all that long ago. So, I mean, it's it, there's a degree of normality coming back to it. And I'm glad to see that Jeepers are at least embracing that. And uh, Travis, thank you very much for being a part of that. Hey, Travis, I got a serious question for you real quick. Yes, um, sir. So obviously, and, and for the folks that uh, aren't seeing this uh, in the video, uh, Travis is head to toe uh, dressed up in a Cookie Monster outfit. Uh, number one, excellent. Uh, I can't even tell you're wearing a mask. So this has to be all the, the training that you do day <laughs> after day. But we're talking through a mask because you, you sound the same with that uh, with the costume on as you do. Does sound pretty good though. Yeah, does he? <laughs> and uh, the other the other thing is you have a the Cookie Monster outfit. Is your girlfriend uh, dressed up like a cookie? Currently is not dressed up like a cookie, <laughs> and I have Facebook open and going, and she's hearing this delayed, so she will learn about this, and she might join us. I doubt it. But <laughs> she's sitting here beside she's, us. She's shopping. She might. She's shopping on Amazon for a, a large cookie outfit as we speak. No, she's shopping on eHarmony for a new boyfriend. Uh, now she knows who ate all the cookies. <laughs> the Jeep Dog Show. It's not about us. It's about you, the listeners. It's Tim from Torrance. Hey, Jeepers. This is uh, Rob. Hey, guys. It's Cody with TrailChasers.net with another grand adventure. Hey, guys. This is Cody from Indiana. Yoo-hoo. Hello, Jeep Talk Show crew. This is FJ Rick. Hi, guys. This is Joe. If a turtle doesn't have a shell, is he naked or homeless? Hey, guys. This is Ron out in Arizona. Hey, what's up? Jeep Talk Show. This is Jason, Oregon Trail Off-Road. Hi. This is Jake from California, and I'm sitting here eating pork rinds for breakfast. Hey, this is uh, PAG Free. Hey, Tony, Josh, Danny, Dexter, Jake, Colin. 
This is John, pre-runner in 1982, and on today's Radio Context segment, I'm going to talk about APRS, Anal Probe Restraint System. No! No, 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 that's not right. We love our listeners. Hey, did you know that ExtremeTerrain.com can guide you step-by-step through your Jeep build? Their team of Wrangler experts are available right now to help you navigate any boulder your Jeep may throw at you. They install and test all of Extreme Terrain's parts to ensure fit and finish, making sure that they are good to go for any adventure you may find. From their growing collection of videos to honest reviews and detailed install guides, Extreme Terrain has all the resources you will need to make your next project a success. So, call or click today, and when you talk with one of Extreme Terrain's technical support staff, remember, you're not talking to some outsourced call center jockey who doesn't want to talk to you to begin with. You're speaking with a highly skilled and knowledgeable Jeep enthusiast whose number one priority is you and your Jeep. That's ExtremeTerrain.com. Go check them out today. And I think they all have Jeeps, uh, you know, of oh, yeah. various levels. I think it's levels. a prerequisite. Because <laughs> you look at their, you know, you look at the, you know, who our team is type of thing on, you know, the tab oh, on that, their website right. or whatever. They, they all got Jeeps, man. They're all Jeepers. And it's not just the JKs and the JLs. You see quite a few TJs in there because, you know, Jeeps are expensive. <laughs> Hey, coming up next week, Larry Accord, Vice President of Operations for Operation Jeeps for Reefs, a 501c nonprofit group for reefs across across America. <laughs> Reef across America. Suffering Stuckatash. Suffering Stuckatash. I knew there was a there was a cartoon character that had that kind of a lift, but I couldn't quite put my fingers on it. <laughs> So last week, Tammy uh, had was talking about uh, some tires. We actually got into a deep tire discussion, and one of the uh, topics of tire discussion that was come up was about tread depth. And we talked a little bit about tread depth and, and sort of what that means. And, and off the air, uh, I was talking to our host, uh, co-host about sort of uh, maximum tread, de- tread depth and how it's measured and, and how tire manufacturers generally uh, uh, produce you know those numbers and what they mean and everything. Now, for those who don't know, uh, tread depth is usually, well, it is the depth of the tread, and it is measured in, in a 30 seconds of an inch. Uh, and if you want a decimal equivalent, it's .03125. Oh, I've got a spider on the ceiling. Yeah. Attention deficit disorder. There you go. All right. Um, now, it is Halloween. Tammy, right, yeah, really. Now, Tammy was talking last week about, you know, we were talking about, okay, well, measure your tires. You know, how long have you had them? Because we had a, a deep discussion about uh, Nexon's Rodian MTX tires. Now, and all of the co-hosts, all the hosts of the Jeep Talk Show, except for myself, are running this series of tire. Uh, and we were talking about, you know, its capabilities, how they like them, uh, you know, what they think of them so far. And one of the big questions so far that has come up about these tires is, how do they wear? Right. Now, the question came up, I think it's because Tammy has had hers the longest out of, out of all of us. Um, and uh, she's put a fair amount of miles on hers. Uh, and we wanted to get a, a sort of a measurement at, as far as, okay, what kind of mileage has Tammy gotten out of her tires and where's the tread depth measure at? And uh, for reference, we can uh, go back to Nexon's website, nexon.com, and, uh, and look in, in their spec sheet. Now, they, you have to download a PDF to get the entire specs of the Rodian MTX line as far as what every size is, as far as weight and, and sidewall rating and and uh, uh, all that stuff, including tread depth. They don't just list it on the website. you got to download it. Uh, and so the stock, uh, brand spanking new, fresh off the showroom floor, tread depth for a Rodian MTX by, no- uh, by Nexon is 2130 seconds. That's a brand spanking new tire. 2130 seconds is, 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 is the tread depth. 
Tammy's, um, you've got your your tread is all over the place uh, on this. Now uh, you've got one tire that's pretty good, sitting at about fifteen thirty seconds. Now Tammy didn't measure her tires uh, using a tread depth indicator. It wasn't a a tread depth uh, dial or a uh, a tool. Um, she used a set of calipers, uh, which is okay. Those are relatively accurate. Uh, you can get three or four decimal points, but you got to do a little bit of math to figure out what the uh, what the thirty seconds equivalent is going to be. Now, Tammy's uh, best tire measured at a decimal equivalent of 0.493 of an inch, or just under a half inch. Um, that e the equivalent to that is 15.30 seconds, or just above 15.30 seconds, which is pretty good tire wear. Tammy, could you tell us roughly what kind of mileage you have on these tires, uh, whether it's 10,000 or 30,000 miles? How much have you put on them so far? Well, I got the tires back last September. And then I went on my 10,000 mile road trip and then I came back out to Colorado in January and I've been doing a lot of went to Moab, the Rubicon Trail, Kingman, Arizona. Um, I've done a lot of wheeling in Colorado too. So I've put on um, 47,000 miles is when I put the tires on and now I'm at 85,000 miles in a year. I went from 47 to 85. Um, and I've done tons of rock crawling. And actually, one of the reasons I want to replace the tires is because two of the tires have Colby valve stems in them now. Um, not saying that they won't last with the Colby valve stems. Another tire, I took a chunk out of the tire on the Rubicon Trail. And there's a picture in the show notes where you can see the chunk is out. And it looks like I need a alignment because another tire is really low. And I do do the five tire rotation. Good. And yeah, so that's, I think that's kind of maybe why some of them are a little better than the others because, you know, they were the spare tire for a while, that type of thing. Um, so those but are got, the Colby valve stems. You've got one tire that is not performing yes. very well. And I, you had I, a question about that. Now, I'm going to go through and we're going to talk about what Tammy's uh, tire measurement is and what one of them might mean. Now, yeah. all four of them are measuring anywhere between 11 and 15, 30 seconds. I said her best one is 15, 30 seconds. The other three are either 11, 12, or 13, 30 seconds. That's pretty good. And that's including her spare tire at 12, 30 seconds, which now, as she was saying, has a chunk out of it. That's not necessarily the, the end of the world, Tammy. And by, judging by the picture that you've shared with us in the show notes for this episode, um, mm -hmm. it looks to be like that's out of a side lug, out of one of those big yeah. chunky end lugs that's on the side. It doesn't even look like it's down into the meat of the tire itself. So ultimately, other than maybe a balancing issue or maybe some harmonics on the freeway, that's likely not going to cause you any serious issues. Now, if that, if that chunk starts to spread and you start to see veins and, and, and the rubber starts to split in those areas uh, or from that area, then you're going to know you have a, a much more serious issue that needs to be addressed right away. Uh, chances are that's not going to happen. These, these tires are relatively, I mean, they're barely over a year old uh, for that matter. Now you do have around 38,000 miles out of them. On average, it is known that mud terrain tires uh, have an average lifespan of about 40,000 miles. Uh, and, and, and that's usually about the time when people start considering, okay, it's maybe about time that I consider selling these off to somebody else and getting myself a new set. Now, one of your tires, however, is down very low. 
and it's got only five thirty seconds of tread over well i'm sorry less than half of what the next tread uh, depth is up from that and that is on your right driver's side uh, front tire um you had brought up the question could that be an alignment issue absolutely it is 100 percent an alignment issue and in fact you have a toe in or toe out issue i i don't know uh in the pictures which tire it was that had that uh tread depth and likely chances are that tire is going to have uh more tread on either the outside or the inside of the tire am i right tammy yeah the tread the, the best tread is on the outside you can see it wearing away on the, the two metal ones wouldn't a toe in or toe out both uh, cause both tires to wear unevenly? Both well, front in, tires. In this, in this situation, it it ordinarily would, but if Tammy is 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 rotating her tires, or, or possibly could wow. be a another issue uh, involved with that specific corner, uh, possibly a a wheel bearing issue, um, ball uh, maybe a tie a, a ball joint or yeah. or a tie rod end. That that one wheel could be moving around by itself. In other right. words. And so as you're driving down the road, there could be some slight vibration. And that wheel is just sort of jiggling by itself. And, and all that jiggle creates friction. That friction creates wear. And that wear creates less 30 seconds of tread depth on your tire. Uh, and so that's what's going on, Tammy. I, I highly recommend getting that one tire up in the air um, and doing some, some really good uh, inspections as far as, you know, do I have a ball joint? Do I have a tie rod issue? Uh -huh. Uh, is the wheel bearing issue, you know, doing the, the, the 12 o'clock and 6 o'clock method and the 3 o'clock and the 9 o'clock method and, uh, and really, you know, going through a good visual inspection and finding out what's going on with that. Clearly, there is something happening, whether it's just an alignment issue, um, that's going to be a best case scenario. Uh, worst case scenario is you've got a worn suspension or steering component of some kind uh, and you're looking at a part replacement. At this point, either way, uh, it is no. definitely an indication yeah. that that you need to take care of it right away. This is serious tread wear on a single tire that is indication of uh, of a more serious issue that, if not taken care of, could result uh, here in the near future to be a catastrophic issue that you don't want to encounter. Yeah. So, better take care of it now before it becomes a much more expensive uh, uh, issue later on down the road. Which brings me up to our our you know point of all of this, which is. I you know, have long since been a strong proponent for visual inspections of your Jeep on a regular basis. And noticing something like this, as far as a tread depth or uneven tire wear, uh, is going to be a clear one of those clear indications that you have something going on that needs attention. Uh, and so if, you're, if you rotate your tires on a regular basis, um, maybe hold off on one oil change or something. And, and let those front tires go for one rotation longer than you ordinarily would. What this is going to do is sort of highlight an issue with that front end if there is one present. If you have an issue like what Tammy's experiencing with an alignment or possibly a suspension or steering component issue, that that uh, tire wear is going to show that uh, with less regular rotations. With more regular rotations, it's not going to get a chance to uh, to rear its ugly head, as it were. Right. Oh, and I'll mention this mainly for the listeners, Tammy, because uh, I know you already know this. You want to take care of this uh, issue or, or find out if you have an issue before putting the new tires on because... Uh, the new tires will look great for a while, but they're going to wear exactly the same way. And uh, the new tires aren't worth, I mean, they're worth so much more than what the, the old worn ones are. You you really want the, the Jeep performing properly before you put on. Now, what I would say is, Tammy, you've got five, um, you know, viable tires here. Yeah, you've got Colby valves in them, but, uh, you know, for, for some serious off-roaders or somebody who's looking for some rollers, it's not going to be that big of an issue. You can be, you are in a position where you 
can recoup some of your costs um, and, and possibly even pay for some repairs uh, of, you know, selling off your old tires, getting into the new ones. Uh, you'll be able to, you know, sort of offset that cost a little bit and, and help yourself out some. Uh, and that's always easier to do when you still have tread left on the tires in, versus when they're down to the tread marks or uh, tread bars, rather, or uh, wear indicators. It almost sounds like it would be a good idea for people to get a, a tire uh, depth tread tool to keep a good eye on their uh, their tread wear and look at mechanical issues. 100%, uh, Tony. Those, they're, they're not that expensive. I mean, you could probably find so. them on Amazon for under $10. Uh, you got to maybe buy a few other things to get some free shipping involved, but uh, but no. Or you could do Tammy's method, like with a pair of calipers. You can get them at uh, you know the discount uh, tool stores, relatively inexpensive as well. I think they're under twenty dollars. Uh, and and granted, that's going to end up with a three decimal point number um, that, uh, that you would then have to divide by point zero three zero point zero three one two five. Um, and to get a thirty seconds of uh, you know thirty seconds number. Right. So. Um, yeah, it's 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 a little bit of math involved. Um, you got to have the right tools, uh, but with that and uh, the right visual acuity and a little bit of knowledge, you'll be able to very easily determine if you've got something going on with the front of your vehicle. I like decimals. I'd rather do that than fractions. Can I convert the fifteen thirty seconds into the uh, what was it point one oh five or whatever it was? Hmm. I think it's go that direction. I was told there'd be no math. <laughs> so hey Tammy, ultimately you're you're at thirty eight thousand miles with these tires, and uh, and and to be at you know um, roughly about more than half of what their tread depths come uh, with brand new. I mean for for the end of their life, you've got more than fifty percent tread left uh, tread life left on on all these tires. Well, except for the one, uh, and, and so you're doing really really good. So oh, if anybody excellent. had a question as to whether or not Nexen tires, the, the Rodian MTX tires, wear fast, I'm going to say no. And I'm going to use Tammy, Jeep Mama, as a real-world example for Great this example. to back, back yeah. that up. Because she's got 38,000 miles of both a lot of highway as well as a lot of off-roading off on them. She has put some serious miles of both freeway and trail onto these tires, and, and they are holding up exceptionally well uh, it, obviously there's, there's one tire that's got a little bit of an issue, but that's, that's mechanical. That's not related to anything with the tire. There is no way that a manufacturer's defect would show this kind of a tire wear of a, of, of, you know, over 50% from all the other tires. It's just not going to happen. Right. This is a mechanical issue. This isn't a tire manufacturer's issue. So with Tammy being at 38,000 out of 40,000 miles for the expected life of these, of these tires, and is out in, in a neighborhood of 11, 12, or 13, 30 seconds out of a brand new 21, 30 seconds. I mean, we are talking about over 50% here. She's probably at the 60 or 70% mark right now. That means only 30 really to good. 40% tread wear at the end of the life of, of a, virtually any other mud terrain tire. I'd say that's pretty dang good out of any mud terrain tire to get that kind of mileage and still have this kind of tread depth. So really, right now, uh, with this amount of tread left on uh, four, at least four of the tires, this would be a great time for her to go over to uh, Tinder and put these up for sale. Tinder? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah, not, not going to Tinder. I had maybe, to, maybe Craigslist. I had uh, to time that yeah. perfectly for Josh, you know, taking a drink. <laughs> like, Wait a minute. Or, <laughs> yeah, no, or I, she doesn't I almost have had to Scotch sell them at all. She can just keep wheeling with them because they're great tires. Yeah. Well, I think so she's there. interested. Well, you were interested in getting another set, though, weren't you? Or 37s, were you thinking about? Or? Oh, no, no, no. I, I want to get a pair. Or a pair. 
a set of new Nexons, yes. Okay. Want new tires. Well, so, so now would actually be a good time if you wanted to try to sell these and uh, to make up, uh, I don't know, uh, fix the mechanical problem with <laughs> with the Jeep. I I have a mechanic who does the work for free. So Very good. Neil, Tammy, what Neil's a- certified mechanic, so we're, we're going to look at it and we got to put my new black magic brakes in the rear or look at the tire and then we'll let you guys know what, what's the deal. Sounds good. Very good. Tammy, I would say first and foremost, uh, before you guys do anything, uh, move that one tire with the uh, the low tread to your spare. Uh, let's get you on all four uh, relatively evenly matched tread. Uh, and uh, and I would put the 1532 uh, tire on the, uh, on the corner that has the mechanical issues. That is the tire that has the most tread. Mm-hmm. It's the tire that's going to be wearing the fastest because uh, it might be maybe a month or two before you, you get to re- get to the repair. I, I don't know. Um, and so if there is going to be some time between now and the time you do a repair, let's put the tire with the most tread on that corner be, so that everything is more or less balanced by the time you do get to that repair. Does it make sense? Yeah, I'm Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's an alignment issue just because I can, it's, it's pulling bad to the right, right? Yeah, to the right. Oh, yeah. So if you're noticing a pull, then definitely that there's, there's an alignment issue that you want to take care of. How does Tammy's Jeep life compare with your own? We're always looking for Jeep stories, so contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to reach out. And I've been forgetting to uh, let you guys know about the stickers. I, I, I'm buying stickers. I'm getting them stacked up over here. And, You've been uh, getting requests, Tony. Yeah, I've been seeing well, the emails yeah. come in. Yeah, apparently the, uh, the Rat Bastard stickers have uh, generated a lot of interest. And uh, so if you guys would like to get stickers, uh, there seems to be some confusion. Uh, you go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find our email address. Send us an email telling us that you'd like some Jeep Talk Show stickers. We'll send you an address where you can send a self-addressed stamped envelope to that address. And then what we're going to do is uh, give you two Jeep Talk Show stickers. And if you would like a Rat Bastard sticker, because I don't know that everybody would want one of those automatically, if you could just write, like, in the envelope, just on the envelope inside if you want to, if you're too embarrassed, or outside's fine with me, uh, Rat Bastard, then I'll know to put a Rat Bastard sticker in there as well. So if you're not familiar with our Rat Bastard stickers, that's what you are if you're not a paid subscriber. (laughs) And you can go over to uh, Instagram or our Facebook page and have a look at that Rat Bastard sticker. And there are more Rat Bastard stickers, different designs coming up. So this could be a collection thing for you guys. You could start with the the first iteration and then maybe get the, the next one and maybe the next one. So Well, back in 20, I got one of them first generation <laughs> stickers. <laughs> oh, and, and I, and I got to mention this. I don't know if Josh uh, saw this since it was a Facebook post. So uh, the Rat Bastard thing was so popular with you folks, getting a lot of comments uh, about it. I thought I would go and see if the ratbastard.com uh, domain was available. Oh. I figured it wasn't. Uh, but I figured I'd try it anyway. I could go look it up or I could just type it in uh, as a URL and see if a page comes up. And it did. It was Joe Biden's web presidential website. Oh, you've got it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am not lying. He's not. I just went there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> registered that domain and put a 301 redirect in it to take it over to Jen to Joe Biden's presidential campaign website. <laughs> so, Gosh. Awesome. 
there's a awesome. there's a lawsuit somewhere in there. Somebody's gonna <laughs> somebody's gonna get it. But anyway, if you uh, if you would like to get a sticker, uh, we'd love to give you one. And uh, please, 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 once you do get the sticker uh, and you stick it on something, and I don't care where, we'd love to get a picture of it. Hey guys, uh, this is Josh. I've heard uh, heard y'all talking about intercoms on the last uh, episode, and there are a few companies that make pre-made intercoms. Uh, PCI radios make some. They're you know between four hundred and seven hundred bucks or so. Yeah. Uh, Rugged Radios, which is a company I wouldn't personally deal with, but they also build some, and I think theirs running about the thousand dollar range. Jeez. And then. Yeah. You also have the option of just building your own using uh, an aircraft uh, aircraft portable intercom. You can get these units online on eBay for less than $200. Uh, usually they're either two-place or four-place. And then uh, they either run off of a 9-volt battery, and they'll last quite a while on a 9-volt battery. Or you can a lot of them you can uh, wire up for direct 12-volt power. The expensive part comes when you buy the headsets. There are lower-cost headsets out there that you can buy. And then some of them can cost hundreds of dollars. Uh, so you just got to kind of shop around on what you want there. I've had uh, set up similar to this in the past, using one of these aircraft intercoms uh, in a different vehicle, and they work great. <clears throat> I already had the headsets because I do a little bit of – I try to fly when I can. It's obviously very expensive. But anyway uh, – yeah, there's options for intercoms. I'm uh, in the middle of a CJ project right now, and that will definitely have a f- eventually have a four-place intercom in it just for the reasons y'all are talking about. Uh, hearing protection and being able to communicate. You can also get them set up to where you can wire them into your, uh, if you have a ham radio or GMRS radio or something along those lines, you can rig it up to where you can listen to those radios through the headsets. And uh, some of them can be, rigged up to where you can actually talk back through the radio on those if you're good at soldering and making your own cables. Uh, the way I used it in the past was I just I listened to the radio through the headset and then used the microphone from the radio to talk out. Uh, anyway, just wanted to let you know that there are intercom options out there. Y'all have a good one. Yeah, that's exactly the way it works in the, the plane intercom systems. The mm-hmm. the pilot allows the, the, the comm system allows the pilot to uh, talk on the radio, and I think it will allow uh, co-pilot and uh, passengers uh, to talk on it as well. I think that it's a, a switchable thing for the the pilot or co-pilot to, to do. Yeah. But the main thing is you get to talk to everybody in the plane because, uh, believe it or not, planes are louder and noisier than Jeeps. Yeah, yeah they are. <laughs> <laughs> and and Josh yeah. uh, Josh pulled up his uh, David Clark uh, headsets. Uh, hey, uh, while while that was, oh yeah, while that was uh, <laughs> while that was going on. Uh, here on the uh, the video that you guys uh, may be watching if you're watching Facebook Live, and uh, the those are the ones those are the go to headsets at least they were way back whenever I was flying that if you had a if you were flying you had to have a set of David Clark's so that you you know, pull that out of your aviator, flight bag aviator sunglasses yeah, I, and a I, set I still of David wear them yeah, <laughs> I, I still wear the <laughs> aviator rare but Ray Bans yeah. <laughs> So yeah, no, I'm with I'm with Josh on a comment that he made about rugged radios. Uh, look, they are what you would consider an industry standard. Uh, they are the go to for race radios. Uh, likely, there isn't going to be too many teams at like King of the Hammers that aren't running a version of rugged radios or rugged radios themselves. Um, it's it just, man, you're paying for the name. Ultimately, this is Baofeng equipment with a rugged name on it. One hundred and ten percent. 
So, I mean, you just, I mean, you got You're talking about the markup at 110%. You're talking about the markup. Actually, it's much more than 110%. Markup's more like 310%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, no, I'm with you 110%, Josh. Uh, I wouldn't be doing business with the Rugged Radios either. I, they, they, it, it is good stuff for the most part. If you get the, in the, the, the hardwire stuff, the handheld stuff really is nothing more than Baofeng equipment. Um, and even some of their, their lower end entry level hardwire stuff. Uh, is the same sort of quality uh, equipment. So um, it's just it's it's not really what you want until you get into the high end, high dollar, uh, high line stuff. And and even then, uh, at that kind of price point, there are so many other options. And I'm glad you brought up the aviation stuff, Josh. That was really cool. Yeah. Gave me a chance to pull out my Clarks and uh, and do a little show and tell. So that was fun. So I'll, I'll mention the the Rugged Ridge thing if you guys aren't familiar with it. You may have seen, and I don't know what the prices are currently, but you may have seen these little Not walkie-talkie. Rugged Ridge. Different. Well, what Unless I say? you're... Rugged, you yeah. said Rugged Ridge. Rugged Radios. It's different than Rugged Radios. So the you pull out the... You, you look these things up, and they're the little handhelds that I think yeah. they run around 90 bucks. And uh, if you go to, if you go to um, Amazon, for example, go wherever you like... Uh, and they have uh, the Baofeng radios. If you look, they're they're almost identical, and they are twenty five, thirty bucks. And the only difference Fraction between the cost. yeah, the only difference between the two is one is programmed for race frequencies and some other things that they are dubious as far as what frequencies they are, and certainly uh, dubious about where you should use them. Uh, what, when you should transmit on those frequencies, depending on where your location is. Anyway, there's a, a some software called Chirp. And with a, yes. a, a an $8 cable, uh, also from Amazon, uh, you can use Chirp, your computer, and uh, the Baofeng, and you can download all those frequencies that <laughs> that Rugged Radios puts in there. So for less than 40 bucks and uh, maybe 30 minutes of your time, uh, you'll save 40 bucks. So... Uh, Digging if, for my chirp software, I, I, I've got the cable and the disc right here somewhere. Yeah. So I've but, got my I've got my ham radio right here, my my Baofeng. and I was actually looking into this for for a friend of mine when we had, had all this wild, wildfires um, happening here in my area. Um, there was a lot of you know looting and, and, and stuff going on. There were some oh, groups yeah. of people that were were going up into areas that were uh, in in phase two evacuation, phase three evacuation, and because they knew that the people were not going to be home. And because they knew that the people had very little time and very little notice to get out, that there was going to be a lot of stuff left behind. And because there was going to be nobody in the neighborhood, they knew that they were going to have free reign to do whatever they want. Well, some friends of mine decided that they were going to uh, basically activate the militia and go up into some of these neighborhoods and protect these people's properties. And, uh, and it was a good thing that they did, too, because there were, there were several instances where people were arrested. They were stopped and arrested uh, because these people were, were out doing the right thing. And, and uh, they were using these level, these GMR and, and Bofang radios and stuff like that to, for communication. And, and several of the guys had these rugged race radios. Um, and and uh, some of the other guys had the Baofangs, and they couldn't quite figure out how to get them all to connect right. And I was like, well, all you need is this cable and this software, and you can basically just download the entire channel set from this one radio onto these others, and you guys are all going to be on, oh, the same, on, the, you know, yeah. on the same thing. And they're all going to be labeled the same, too. Uh, and so it's, yeah, and there's actually write-ups and, and, and uh, blogs and other stuff like that that, that put the entire channel list in like an Excel sheet or, or whatever to where basically you can take all of that, put it into your Chirp software, 
and, and it's it's almost just you know cut and paste uh, and, and where you can basically take your Baofeng radio, equip it exactly like a rugged ridge. And so if you were going down to Johnson Valley for King of the Hammers or something like that, you could dial up these race channels and listen to these teams and, and hear what's going on in the pits and what's going on in the vehicles and stuff as things are happening because you're on the same frequencies. Yeah. I mean, there's absolutely nothing wrong if you guys want to pay for convenience. Uh, you can definitely do that, but just know it's going to cost you about 100% mm-hmm. more uh, yep. Than doing it yourself, so I don't know. Jeepers are generally do-it-yourselfers, so that's that's the way I am. I'd much rather uh, spend a few minutes doing it and, and do it uh, ninety times without having to pay any more money after I've done it the first time. Yeah. Oh yeah, that sound means it's time to announce some winners, and uh, some of these winners are from gosh three weeks ago, I think. Uh, uh, we're going to start with the the oldest one first. We had a, uh, a a very nice gentleman that was the author of the original Jeeps, and uh, we uh, uh, he graciously uh, provided us a, a copy uh, or uh, the ability to give away a copy to you guys, uh, an autographed copy uh, of the book. And uh, Jerry Jeremy M of Greenwood, Indiana, was our winner. Nice. Congratulations. Woohoo. Oh, and Josh, we had somebody that uh, actually called in and said that they had already purchased the original uh, Jeep uh, book, uh, oh, the original wow. Jeep's book. And he said that if he was the winner, he was going to send you the, that copy so that you'd have it. Oh, <laughs> that is so cool. Because I believe you, you said something about you yeah. were going to get that book. And yeah. 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 So. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't. That it wasn't Jeremy, so you're not getting a damn book. You have to buy your own. <laughs> exactly, yeah. you're not getting. Well, it. Easy come, easy go. <laughs> and uh, more recently, uh, two weeks ago, we had uh, Brian from uh, uh, Easy Trunk on, and uh, he very graciously provided us a Easy Trunk and three Easy Windows for giveaways. And if you don't and recall, these are so cool. Yeah, the, if you don't recall, the Easy Window uh, actually allows you to. Uh, make your soft top rear window act kind of like a, a hatch. So like you uh, like you would, like even on the XJ, XJ has that hatch, but if you could think just the window itself would well, pop up. I thought up. it would make your winch your back a spoiler. Right? That's what <laughs> I thought. A spoiler, it. yeah, it could be a spoiler. And the cool thing about this is is that a lot of people actually think it's, it's a piece of glass because it holds it so nice and taut, and you can leave that window, uh, that back window up and open as you drive, and you get really get a full flow air with the windows down uh, all the way through your Jeep, which is which is great if you've had chili the night before. So uh, we actually had three of those easy window. <laughs> Sorry, Josh, I didn't time that with a drink. Uh, <laughs> we have three of the easy windows uh, to give away, and those winners were Brandon F of Eugene, Oregon. Uh, Josh hey, is probably going to come by. Yeah, yeah, Josh is going to come by and rough you up for that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we uh, we got uh, our, our next winner, and I don't think we've had a female winner for these giveaways ever or in some time. But it's been some time, yeah. yeah but Bonnie uh, was our winner for the second easy window, and our third easy window winner was Dr. You know Dr. This is Dr. Again, and uh, Dr. And this is weird because we just we do the last name first initial, so it's Drb from Richfield, Utah. So all three of you guys are going to get the uh, the easy window. We'll be providing that information to Brian and his team over there at, uh, at Easy Trunk. 
so that you will be able to get those. Uh, and he's going to be, I'm sending him the, the information for what Jeep you have. And I forget, you have to go back and listen to the interview. I can't remember if the easy windows for the TJs are available yet. Uh, if they are, then you'll be fine. If not, you may have to wait on them, which isn't a problem because you'll get them when they come out, which I don't think is, is very far off. Um, now, the they're, they're our main winner of the easy trunk, uh, which is the secure way of putting your uh, stuff in your Jeep, your soft top, hard top, doesn't matter. It's a nice steel, foldable, collapsible thing. If, you, if you're not familiar with this, you didn't listen to the interview, or you haven't checked this thing out, you need to check it out. It's really nice. Yeah. Really it, cool. It's it's kind of like the the best top uh, trunk that you can get, except it will this one will fold out of the better? way. <laughs> yeah, it, this will fold out of the way. There's even a piece of carpet that you can buy to go over the top of it that stays in place, whether it's uh, up or folded down, which uh, keeps it from being scratched. So you can still carry things in the back of your Jeep. Anyway, that winner is um, of the easy trunk is David S of Gainesville, Florida. I want to thank. Each and every one of you guys for calling in. We got a lot of great calls uh, for both of these giveaways, and uh, it was a, a pain in the ass to go through all of them, but it was fun listening to all the comments. So thank you very much, and uh, please let us know. We, we absolutely would love for you to share these images on social oh, media. Yeah. No, we got to see some pictures, folks. Yeah, we, that's all we really ask, it, which is a lie. We ask you to listen. We ask you to pay. We actually ask, ask you to do a bunch <laughs> of things. But all we really wow. want... All we, for a lot of things. All, all, all we really want is just some pictures of these giveaways that you get because it's like Christmas. You like seeing somebody open the present once you yes. got them the present. So think of it that way. You know, I like to think that this company, well, this group rather, this organization is uh, doing some really good stuff because uh, they've started another Jeep ride. Well, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier in the show with uh, Travis and, you know, G- organizing Jeep events and stuff like that and how hard it is right now, especially during this pandemic, to really get a good Jeep event going. And and I got to give a little bit of a Jeep wave and a hats off salute uh, to the Alzheimer's service of Acadiana. Um, these group, this group is uh, putting together an inaugural Jeep ride to end Alzheimer's, an extremely honorable cause. Uh, and, uh, and what they're doing is they're really focusing on the Acadiana uh, uh, Parish. And, and all, the, um, uh, all the proceeds are going to stay in the area. It's all going to be local. Nothing's going national. Everything's going to be staying in the Acadia Parish. And uh, um, uh, it's going to be happening October 31st. Uh, all the Jeeps are going to be meeting at Sunrise Coffee in Youngsville, Louisiana. Uh, and uh, and I highly encourage you guys to go check out their Facebook page. If you can't uh, attend this event, uh, please consider donating uh, because this is for a good cause. and It's going to help out a lot of people. Uh, and we're going to have some more information and links in the show notes for this episode. Uh, obviously, if you're listening to this episode after Halloween, uh, after October 31st, it's not going to be that big of an issue. You can't attend the event. But this still is an organization that needs your help, and they're um, and they're doing it all for a good cause. So please consider helping them out. Uh, and if you want for more more information, just go to the show notes uh, at jeeptalkshow.com and look for uh, the link in the episode 461. Hey, this is Major from the Major Weakness YouTube channel. Uh, I see a what lot you did of, there. Uh, Jeep repair videos. Look, I really love your show. I just needed to call in and let you know that your show really uh, got me through a tough time during the hurricane season. So uh, we listened to it uh, during the storms and when we're out of electricity and and that kind of stuff. So anyhow, I just want to thank wow. you uh, guys and gals for doing the show. 
Uh, again, it's uh, Major from the Major Weakness YouTube channel. I'm the cheapest YouTube channel on YouTube. <laughs> I'm almost, I'm, I'm pushing for a thousand subscribers. I have repair videos on XJs and a few JKs, but I do everything extremely cheap. So you want to know how to do something cheap, look at my channel. I appreciate it, but thank you guys very much. Appreciate it. Weakness. That's that's going to be hell living in Louisiana this year with the the three major hurricanes hitting. Uh, amazing. And I don't know that he's yeah, in Louisiana, right. but he's he's close by. I mean, if you're getting power knocked out, so I'm so glad that you were entertained uh, during that. I'm I, I don't, but I I kind of wonder, does it require a you know a, a severe situation for you to listen to our show, or can you just do it for fun? <laughs> it doesn't have to be the last option. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, big hats off and a Jeep wave uh, to uh, to Major Weakness and their YouTube channel. Uh, I have subscribed, uh, subscribed today, in, in fact, uh, so uh, another big Jeep wave out to Major Weakness, uh, and hopefully you can make it to the 1,000 subscriber mark very soon. All right, well, uh, I can tell that it's time to wrap up the show. Because Travis has uh, disrobed, <laughs> fully passed He's out, stripping. He has taken <laughs> off everything, and I'm, of course, I'm talking about his costume. So, well, that oh, good. It, a furry oh, cookie good. monster costume that couldn't have been very cool. Oh, that <laughs> oh, had to no. be hot, sweltering hot, sweating <laughs> inside. So, I'm so glad you guys could join us. I think we have a, a late arrival. Uh, Bob, do you have a, a a note, an excuse for being here so late? <laughs> Work. He's going to doctor's note. <laughs> work! Oh, you're going to pull the work card. <laughs> Got to tell your boss about the Jeep Talk Show. Get him to do a few episodes. Well, he'll understand. Exactly. He's going to say, hey, you need to get uh, you, need, you need to go home because the show's starting. Right. That, that's what you that's do. That's right. Well, Bob, I'm glad you guys uh, I'm glad you could make it. So it, what's everybody doing for Halloween uh, this week? I mean, we know Travis is uh, is working. At work. Yeah. <laughs> No, seriously, oh, I'm, I'm, this is one of the questions I actually did want to ask in the show. It was sort of not in the show notes unofficially-wise, uh, because this year with COVID and everything, there's been so much in the news in my local area about, you know, don't send your kids out trick-or-treating. We don't want to spread the disease and there's COVID and, and fear and, and just stay home and Please. duct tape your children to the wall, you know, stuff like that. And it's, it's like, well, you know, yeah. So I didn't decorate much this year. This is the first oh year in over God. a decade that I haven't decorated for Halloween, and it's wow. really getting to me. No, it really is getting yeah. to me. So in I, my, I didn't uh, want where my now, kids that are, being Josh. Said, that being said, I'm still going to do something. So I'm going to set up an easy up out on the on the driveway. I'm going to put a banquet table out there. I'm going to put you know like a big arrow on it or something like that. I'll be in full. I'll be in full costume, of course. Um, but, uh, the house isn't getting decorated and I'm not going to allow the kids to come up to the door or anything like that, but I am going to hand out some, some candy. Uh, this year I've opted because, uh, likely there's going to be a substantially smaller amount of people, uh, coming up to the door. Uh, I know there's going to be a lot less people than I normally see. Uh, that's why I'm not doing a big haunt this year. Uh, I've decided that everybody is getting full size candy this year. So, oh, uh, goodness. Yep. It's, I'm I'm gonna be that house. So uh, I've got a whole bunch of full size a whole bunch of full size candy bars. I'm gonna deck out in in a full costume. The kids are gonna get some candy, but uh, unfortunately, the neighborhood isn't gonna get to get the full haunt experience this year. No more Hopefully candy next. cigarettes. It's gonna be a full pack of cigarettes. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I originally I was just gonna post up, you know, with a cooler full of beer. I got my wrist rocket and a big bag of Jolly Ranchers. And, you margaritas know. <laughs> and tacos. 
Margaritas and tacos. Just with a slingshot. Just you with could, a slingshot and some Jolly yeah, Ranchers. Yeah, I'd you be could, good to go. You could modify a t-shirt launcher for, you know, a scattergun effect with the candies. It's, oh, yeah. It's fun Up for the, the kids. Roof. Yeah. Incoming! <laughs> Here you go, you little oh, bastards. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, what do like, you got? You guys, what do you got, Jeep Mama? Um, well, if you were in Montgomery County, Maryland, you would be mm-hmm. keeping all of those candy bars to yourself because it's banned. The kids what? are not allowed to trick or treat. Oh, what? my goodness. Yeah. That's yep. wrong. That's just wrong. It that is, is wrong. I don't that, think it's not, constitutional. Uh, I, I don't think they can keep right. this, this. I'm serious. I don't think they can keep this crap up. It's just. Halloween I would. Not I would totally be you, Josh, if I was still there. Yeah, hundred percent. I'd be. I'd be out. There. I'd be going door to door. You got any kids? Here's some candy. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we can do the opposite bring of your, that. Bring your kids at the door. I got something for them. Yeah. <laughs> How many houses would it take before Josh was arrested? What's <laughs> <laughs> well, that big zipper costume that would get you arrested? <laughs> oh, boy. No, I I'd, uh, I was asking around to see if I could find some sheetrocker stilts this year, and and everybody oh, was saying yeah. that's a bad idea and and you shouldn't do it, and so hey, it, it's like I'm gonna, make hip. I'm gonna make my own. <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, Zoom people, thank you so much for joining us tonight, and uh, we uh, hope hopefully see you guys every week. And uh, it, I think it's great that Bob worked the full day, and he still joined us uh, after work. So I think. No, yeah. no hey, can I ask a quick question on a tip on how to do something for my Jeep? I got a project this weekend. Uh oh, I think this is a setup. Yeah, go Josh, for it. Josh, you're up. <laughs> All right, what do you <laughs> got? No, no, this is serious. So um, I have a um, uh, uh, I did it a, a Natalie and a, a boomerang shackle. And uh, the leaf, the bushing inside the leaf itself was bad, so I took it out and I got I got some new bushing to put it in. And I watched yeah. several videos to, to to do that. Was there any other special trips or <laughs> uh, uh, t- uh, tips that you might have to do that? Because the leaf is still on the jeep, on the the front end of it, the back end of it's off. I'm yeah. laughing because Josh went through holy hell getting one of these eyelets out of his uh, his yeah. leaf spring. <laughs> yeah, I really did. Yeah, I had to it, burn it out, actually. Yeah, I burned uh, mine out, how, too. It wasn't yeah. Both okay. of them, both sides. So, uh, let me let me ask you, uh, do you have a tool to press that new one in? Uh, I've got a BFH and a torch. And, um, <laughs> no. So, it would be no. no. The answer is no. no. Okay. <laughs> so, you're, you're going to need to buy a and tool, a hammer, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, you're, you're not going to be able to get that thing to set in with a hammer or and a torch. I don't care how hot you get it. I don't care how much you lube it up. It ain't going to go in the hole. Um, and, and so, I mean, you, you could try <laughs> I'm you sorry. Could try heating the leaf up. You could try heating the leaf up to, to almost red hot. Um, you could try, before doing that, for 24 hours, putting the bushing in the freezer. There is a slim chance that by freezing the bushing and heating the leaf, you might be able to adjust the tolerances just enough to hammer it in place. Maybe. I, but I would recommend going out to Harbor Freight or Northern Tool or whatever, spending the 65 bucks or $69, whatever it is, for the heavy-duty four-wheel drive ball joint service tool. It looks like a gigantic C-clamp. Yeah. And for all intents and purposes, that's what it is. Uh, and, it, and it comes with multiple dies and, and, and cups and things like that. And, and using that, you will be able to press in that bushing. Now, one thing when using this tool that a lot of people don't know and why it gets negative reviews is because they just keep cranking on it and cranking on it and cranking on it. And pretty, thing, pretty soon the thing will crack. 
What you got to do is add in some vibration. You got to have Pop a little yeah. a mini sledgehammer, a little mini sledgehammer, even a, a regular, you know, framing hammer will work and pound on the metal of that leaf spring eye yeah. and get that thing to vibrate a little bit. You're going to excite some molecules. That vibration will help move the metal and it will, it will slide into place under pressure. Right. So crank, 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 hammer, hammer, hammer. It's crank, scary. Crank, crank, hammer, hammer, hammer. It's okay to and be just, scared. <laughs> Yep, because it, it'll it, pop. It, there will be a lot of pressure, and things will all go at once. Type of thing, you know. It will move like a half an inch all at once, and there'll be a loud noise that goes with that. Um, and that's totally normal. So you're gonna have to get creative with um, with the cups and the dies and everything like that to get the pressure on the right place without pushing the bushing through the pushing the the eye through the the rubber bushing. Um, but you will be able to get the whole thing into um, into the eye now. It might be easier on you to remove the leaf from the Jeep, honestly, yeah, yeah. Uh, because having having things on a vertical axis versus a horizontal axis is going to be a lot easier to deal with, especially when you're talking about hammering something into place as well. So, uh, yeah, I hope that helps, but please don't try to do this without the tool. Yeah, use uh, eye yeah, protection I, as I, always, and uh, also to uh, rent a third hand because you're going to need three hands to get that c-clamp on there properly oh and uh you could also just uh you know rent that for free from uh, auto parts yeah the, the big c-clamp mm, maybe uh the auto parts stores around here do not have a device like that however if you do have your leaf spring free and loose you might be able to take it oh, down take it to, to an automotive yeah. shop who has like a 10 or a 20 ton press and just have them here 20 bucks can you press these bushings in for me and likely they'll do it for you right then and there on the spot yeah scratch so, the c-clamp go to harbor freight and get a 20 ton press that'll that'll work out better for you <laughs> <laughs> now the the, yeah, the so, ball joint uh, service tool the ball joint service tool will come in handy for other things it, it is my go-to tool for doing u-joints whether they're axle or driveline u-joints this is the tool that makes it very very easy and very very quick uh, and, and so it, 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 it does serve other purposes other than for this one. Yeah, so the, the back two bushings were seized, and I had to cut them out, burn them out, and do everything, all that to get me. It took a while to get it done, but I finally got it. And I didn't take the front part of the leaf off the off of its mount on the truck or the Jeep because uh, I, was, I, was, I assumed they were also seized, and then we have to do four instead mm. of doing just two. Gotcha. So... Now, I guess there well, is a I mean, it, to my not, madness, not to say but if it doesn't work doing it horizontally, I guess I'll have no choice. Yeah, I mean, you, you should be able to do it. Yeah, um, it just take a little longer. It's just going to be a little bit extra work. Yeah. Uh, Tony's right. Having some moral support there is going to be very handy uh, because it, it, it will take another hand to kind of hold things in place while you kind of reef things, you know, uh, crank on things and, and then, you know, kind of hold that and then hammer, 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 that sort of thing. So, yeah. Having having another person there is going to help out. So uh, yeah, you know, get some pizza, get some beer, and and make a day out of it. Safety gloves, safety <laughs> glasses, uh, safety tie. Yeah, yeah, safety tie. Exactly. <laughs> I'll give that a shot. I, uh, and let us know how, how it goes. Let us let us know how it goes on yeah, uh, future episodes. Yeah, I had to. Uh, it took me. I couldn't find the bushing. No, nobody had any bushings in town. None of the auto parts place. I had to order one. Yeah, I was in the I same boat. That. Yeah, yep. I can see that. Okay, well, thanks for the tip. I appreciate it. Anytime, bud. Anytime. 
Well, that was a good show, and I can't thank my co-hosts enough and all of our listeners who uh, joined in on this show-long campfireside chat. We're uh, we're doing something kind of like this each and every show. Uh, this one is was special because it took up the whole show, uh, but we do a version of this every show. It's a little bit smaller, a little bit more condensed, called the Campfireside Chat mm-hmm. segment that we do, and we very much encourage you to join in on that. Anybody can, uh, even if this is your first time listening to the show, check us out uh, on Facebook, uh, join our newsletter. Uh, Tony, how would somebody join the newsletter? How could they How could they uh, get in on that mailing list, as it were? Well, Josh, I'm glad you asked that. You can go to jeeptalkshow.com <laughs> slash contact and just uh, peruse what we have there. And uh, you will see uh, where you can click on the uh, subscribe to newsletter. You just put in your email address and you'll uh, you'll get a newsletter maybe not more than once a week. And, uh, and there might be opportunities for more than one a week. But that's what we're doing right now. It's just one time a week. And it mainly tells you about uh, the, the how to become a Zoom person. And I'd just like to add... These, these, the people that are in the Zoom uh, room, uh, we didn't uh, contact them and say, hey, we'd like for you to be on this panel. These are people that just connect to the Zoom room every week. And I swear uh, to God, these are not paid actors. They are not paid actors. <laughs> <laughs> so that means anybody can be in the Zoom room. So that means you could be in the Zoom room. And the more the merrier. We, uh, we, love, yeah. we love talking to our listeners. It's wonderful. So every week we come up with a new topic uh, to have a discussion about, and uh, and this week it just so happened to be multiple topics, multiple discussions, and, and whatnot. But next week we're going to pull one out of the hat, and uh, and if you want to know what it is in advance to see if you want to join in in that Zoom uh, Zoom room meeting and, and join in on the show and and actually be a part of the Jeep Talk Show, well, you got to be a part of that that newsletter, and uh, or at least subscribe or at least uh, hooked up with us on Facebook. Uh, we put out the notifications. We we give you the links to the newsletter. There's a number of ways that you guys can join in on us, and we highly encourage you to do so. It's very easy to sign up for our newsletter as well. It's just as easy to unsubscribe uh, as it is easy to subscribe. Why would so, you want uh, to, though? But really? Nah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to spread the word and tell a friend, coworker, or stranger in the parking lot even about the Jeep Talk Show. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. In a public bathroom, just start tapping your foot and say, have you heard about the Jeep no. Talk Show? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just to get their attention. That'll do it. Oh, you're going to get the attention, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you might want. Exactly. Oh, I think I feel another sticker coming on. Tap. Tap for Jeep Talk Show. No. Warning. If using the Jeep Talk Show at high altitude, please see side panel for more information. Podcasting since 2010.